Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org slash online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. This is my Bible. I am what it says that I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says that I can have. Today, I will be taught the uncompromised Word of God. My mind's alert. My heart's receptive. I'm not going to leave the same as I came in Jesus' name. And every time I come to Church on the Rock, my faith and my life gets stronger and stronger. Let's thank God for the Word. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, let's get right into the Word today. And let's go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. We're in a series called The Love of God. The Love of God. That's really the cure for anger, the love of God. Angry people, are, are they feel unloved, unwanted, unneeded, unimportant. You see, if I don't love myself, I can't love other people. Am I right? The Bible says, love one another as you love yourself. So if I don't love myself, then I can't love other people. In other words, people who cause conflict are in conflict on the inside. People who cause trouble are troubled on the inside. Cost me a lot of money, a banknote, Kim and I to go to college just to learn that right there. People who are in conflict is because they got conflict on the inside. People who bring unhappiness to other people is because they're unhappy on the inside. We are carriers of a spirit. We all are spirit beings, okay? So we're teaching on the love of God because for several reasons. When you understand how much God loves you, then you'll begin to love yourself as God loves you. And then you can love one another, right, as you love yourself. So it heals relationships. It heals marriages. It heals a relationship between parents and children, children and parents. And then I'm thinking right now, the Bible says perfect, fe- perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. Well, the only perfect love there is is God's love. So the more you and I know of God's love, the less fearful the less fearful, the less anxious we'll be. Because we know we have a good God who loves his children and wants to take care of his children. Amen? Praise God. For God so loved the world. And we said it last week, the world doesn't love him. You, you and I both know right now the majority of human people are going to hell. Christians, born-again people, are the minority on the planet. We're supposed to change that as the church, right? We're supposed to win souls, and we are, and we want to do more. Amen. See, people are thinking about that right now. I can feel feel it right now. Majority of human beings are on their way to hell. Minority are on their way to heaven. What you and I believe, we are in the minority. Pastor, where do you get that? The road to hell is wide, and many go there. This is Bible. The road to heaven is narrow and few go there. Gives you perspective. Most of the world is going to hell. 
a minority of the world is going to heaven. But we're supposed to change that because Jesus died for the entire world, right? But the world doesn't have any time for God. God is not priority. Like in the offering, God is not first place in their life. They have no time for God. If they got any time left over, it may be a little bit. We just heard from Siri, ABC, that two-thirds of Americans don't want God, don't like God, and are angry at God and blame God for all their trouble. But still, God loves them. What an amazing God. And while you and I were sinners, God loved us, right? God loves the world. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Hell wasn't made for human beings. Hell was made for Lucifer and all of the fallen angels that followed him. It was not made for humans, okay? But humans who decide to follow Lucifer instead of God, where are they going to end up? Where Lucifer ends up, where Satan ends up, hell. Where is hell? The Bible says in the center of the earth, in the center of the earth, that's where hell is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So one of the greatest expressions of love is giving. One of the greatest expressions of love is giving. If I love my church, I will tithe to it. If I love my church, I will serve in it. If I love my church, I'll be faithful. If I love my wife or husband, I'll be faithful and I'll give to them. You, you can't say you love someone or something and never give to it. You can't say you love something or someone and never give to them. For God so loved the world, what did he do? He gave. It's called generosity. His only begotten son, he gave one son because he wanted a family. He wanted a family. That whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Have everlasting life. Wow. Romans 5, verse 5. Now watch this, everybody. Verse 5 through 11, the Living Bible. So we're talking about the love of God, and we've already discussed that the love of God is supernatural. You can't love people that don't love you with natural love. God loves the world, but the world doesn't give a fit about God. But God still loves them. How can he do it? Agape. The God kind of love is called agape, okay? You and I, when we got born again, he put his love inside us in our spirit. Oh, I love that. So now we begin to love things we didn't love before, right? We should love church, Bible, prayer, worship, brethren, sistren. We should love serving the Lord. There are things that we used to like we shouldn't like anymore and things that we didn't like that now we like. Did you find that out? I found that out. When I became a Christian, when I gave my heart to Christ, that what I used to like, I didn't like as much anymore. And what I didn't like, now I started to like. What is that? The love of God and the love for God and the things of God. Then what? Then when that happens, we are able to hold our heads up high no matter what happens and know that all is well. All is well. Wow that we know all is well, for we know how dearly God loves us. The more you know how much God loves you, the more you will be safe, secure, and stable, knowing all is well. Confidence that everything's going to work out together for your good at the end because you love God and you're in the will of God and God loves you so much, so dearly. He loves you that 
at the end, all is well. That gives you confidence. That removes fear, anxiety, and worry. With all the stuff on social media, with all that's going on in our nation, I never dreamed would happen in my lifetime. Never dreamed it would happen in my lifetime. What's going on in our nation right now. But yet in the midst of it, you and I, as born-again believers, spirit-filled, in the one-year Bible, praying 714, we can realize that in the midst of a world that's crazy, all is well. Amen? God's going to work it out. God's going to work it all out for our good. So we know all is well for because we know how much God loves us. And we feel his, for, his warm love everywhere within us because God has given us, the Holy Spirit, to fill our hearts with this love. Notice, the Holy Spirit put the love of God in your spirit when you got born again. The God kind of love. Say that with me. The God kind of love. Verse 6. When we were utterly helpless, with no way of escape, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners who had no use for him. Verse 7. Even if we were good, we really wouldn't expect anyone to die for us. Though, of course, that might be barely possible. Verse 8. But God, but God, but God. But God showed his great love. How did he show his love? How do I know God loves me for us by sending Christ to die for me while I was yet a sinner and had no use for God? Verse 9, and since by his blood he did all this for us as sinners, how much more will he do for us now that he's declared us not guilty? Now he will save us from all God's wrath to come. Verse 10, and since when we were his enemies, but we were reconciled, brought back to God by the death of his son, what blessings he must have for us now. Let God's word talk to you. Now that we are his friends and he is living within us, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Next slide, guys. Verse 11. Now we rejoice. Where are we going to find happiness? We sang it in God, Yahweh. He is who gives us happiness, Yahweh. Now we rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God. Most important thing we have is our relationship with God. I heard a Christian newscaster this week on TV, on a certain channel, said publicly on television, a Christian station I was watching on Dish Network, and this news channel said this, this guy, the greatest thing you can do to prepare for the hell that's coming on the earth is your relationship with God. It's true. The greatest thing you can do to prepare more than canned food and dried food and, and coins and gold and silver and, and precious jewels, greater than all that, he said, the greatest thing you can do to prepare for what's coming is a relationship with God. I thought how true that was, right? All because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in dying for our sins, making us friends of God. Next slide. 
Ephesians 3.17. Now, here's our prayer, and I prayed it for you all this morning. And here's our takeaway, that through our series, if you just start praying this prayer every day over you and your family, then I did my job. If you just do one thing out of this series, and that is take this prayer. It's called a Pauline prayer. It's a prayer Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus, but we're to personalize it and pray for the church in St. Peter's, right? Yes, when you pray the word, you're praying the will of God. Can't miss. This is a prayer. You're to take the prayers in the Bible and you personalize them. I've done series down through the years, the prayers of Paul, the prayers of David, the prayers of Nehemiah. You can look through the Bible. I have one whole book that gives every prayer, every prayer in the Bible, whoever prayed a prayer. And you take those prayers and you personalize them, my brother and sister. Then you know you're praying aright. Then you know you're praying the will of God. Then you know you're going to get answers. So this is a prayer, and this prayer is for you and I to know, experience, and walk in the love of God. To know, experience, and walk in love. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Now, it sounds like he's praying for them to get born again, but he's already talking to born-again people, the church at Ephesus. These are born-again people, okay? So what does that mean? We looked at it last week. Go back to last week's service in depth. But basically, he's saying that he wants you to be conscious and aware of his presence. Not only get born again, but begin to develop a God consciousness. Consciousness that wherever you go, God goes. And whatever you're doing, God's with you. And if God be with you, and if God be for you, then who can dare be against you? right? He's praying that they have a greater awareness of the presence of God in their life. Because in his presence, all your enemies melt like wax, melt like wax. That ye being rooted and grounded in love. He wants you to have a foundation and your foundation to be the love of God. And the word love here in the Greek is agape. It's a God kind of love. It's not natural love. It's not friendship love. It's not eros, erotic, sexual love. It's spiritual, supernatural love, the love of God. Next verse, verse 18, that you'll be able to comprehend with all of the saints understand, and there's four dimensions of God's love. Everybody say four. four. Y'all done so good. Everybody say four. So uh, four dimensions of God's love. Now listen very carefully. This is important. Pastor, I don't think it is. I want to I get out of here. I want to go to eat. No, 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 no. This is important because if you don't understand and comprehend and live out and apply and walk this kind of love, you'll never know the fullness of God. You'll never really know God. You'll never know the fullness of God. You'll never know God's plan for your life. You'll never understand when you don't understand what to do. You hear what I said? You'll never understand to do what you should do when you don't understand. We all go through things we don't understand why. When you are rooted and grounded in the love of God, the love of God is greater than your why. The love of God is greater than your why. Charles Spurgeon said, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. When you can't trace God's hand, trust his heart. I don't understand what Charles Spurgeon said. When you don't understand what's happening in your life, when you can't see God anywhere, 
trust his character. God is love. Don't be like two-thirds of Americans that are angry at God today, according, not blunt, but ABC, okay? You might be able to comprehend with all the saints four dimensions. First is breadth, then length, then depth, then height. We said breadth means generosity, open hands, generosity. God's love is expressed through generosity. God's love is expressed through good works, generosity, giving, serving, sharing. And then we said the second dimension of God's love is length. We're to know the breadth and the length. And length, think of it this way, protection. I would go to any length to protect my family. So the length of his love is God's protection. This morning, I know you all did it, my one-year Bible, Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is all about the protection of God. I pray it every day for my family. Psalm 91. So the love of God protects. The love of God then doesn't put people in car wrecks, doesn't put cancer on people, doesn't do bad things to people. The love of God protects, not hurts or harms, right? Well, what about those people that bad things happen to them, Pastor? Well, they're out from under the umbrella of God's protection. Evidently, they're not walking in obedience. Evidently, they're not hearing the voice of God. Evidently, they're not led by the Holy Spirit. Evidently, they're not in the family of God. There could be all kinds of reasons. But we're to know, we have to know the four dimensions or characteristics or faces or faces, the faces of the love of God. Oh, I love this. Praise the Lord. All right, so we have the breath. That is what? Okay, let's try it one more time. Y'all did good. Okay, so I'm to walk in that love. I'm to become more generous every day of my life with my time, talent, and treasure. Okay, that's the love of God. I'll never know God until I work on my generosity. Secondly, protection. Length, go to any length. God protects, God protects. So the love of God wants to protect Protect the team. We have that here on our staff, our team. That's one of our culture mottos. Protect the team. We should protect the team, protect the church, protect our family, protect our marriage, protect our children, right? The love of God wants to protect, right? The love of God wants to protect, all right? Then depth. Depth speaks of correction. Correction. The love of God corrects. You and I, in the days to come, are going to have to learn to stand up and speak the truth in love. The truth in love. Because the day is coming where we're going to make a stand so people know where you, where you do stand. There'll be no middle ground, okay? So the love of God corrects. It doesn't accept and approve of evil. It doesn't accept and approve of evil, now, you and I right now as Christians, we're seen as hate mongers. The gospel is seen as hate talk. Wake up, everybody. This, this is what I do for a living, so this is where I know what's happening in the world. The gospel is called hate talk. People who want to live their own way, they don't like to hear the Bible because the Bible tells them how to live, and they don't want anybody telling them how to live. So the Bible is considered hate talk. Gospel is hate talk. 
talk. Christians right now are being seen as hate mongers. We hate people, so that's why we judge. We shouldn't hate people and we shouldn't judge, right? But we should speak the truth in love. So the love of God corrects depth. And then height, height is, we said, lifts or it's believing. When, when you lift people up, you believe in them. You lift them up by believing in them. So the, the height of God, God's love believes the best in you, believes the best in me. The love of God wants to bring the best out of my family, the best out of my marriage, the best out of my children, the best out of my friends. The love of God isn't looking to do harm or hurt or downgrade or degrade people. The love of God wants to lift. Church on the Rock should be the most positive place you visit in the week. When we come here, we should lift one another, believe in one another. The love of God believes in us when no one else does. Okay? You've heard my story growing up. Nobody believed in me. Anyway, that's the way it seemed like. Thought I'd never wind up to be anything. I was told if I'm lying and frying, you'll be dead by your 30. You'll never make it past 30, the life that you're living. No, but God. God's mercy took my mistakes. Come on, somebody. How about you? Praise the Lord. So, so what is the fourth dimensions? The four dimensions of God's love is breadth. Length, depth, and height. You know, there's three Gospels called the Synoptic Gospels and then the Gospel of John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. Four Gospels. Four dimensions of God's love. Isn't it interesting? In Revelation chapter 4, it said there was a four-faced creature, four-faced creature standing before the throne crying, holy, holy, holy. It said one had the face of a lion, a lion. Well, who is that lion that we're talking about? Jesus, right? The tribe of Judah. But lion is, uh, the face of lion is revealed in the book of Matthew. Kingship, kingship, lion. And then we have length. There was another face and the four-faced creature, four gospels, four dimensions of God's love, four-faced creature in Revelation chapter four, standing before the throne of God, worshiping God. The second face was as an ox, an ox, an ox. And what's that? That's the book of Mark. Ox stands for carrying burdens, being a servant, being diligent, Uh, that's amazing. See, we're seeing God's love in all of this. As a king, as a lion of the tribe of Judah. Wow, that characteristic in Matthew. And then in Mark, he's seen as the face of the ox, uh, 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 the ox, and that uh, speaks of of, uh, serving. And and then we have Luke. The third face of that four-faced creature in Revelation was the face of a man. In Luke, Jesus is seen as the man, but as the perfect man. Four dimensions of his love, four gospels, four-faced creature before the throne. And then we have John. And the fourth face of that four-faced creature in Revelation was the face of an eagle. An eagle. What does an eagle do? Lifts, soars, conquers. Amazing, isn't it? And we're finding out here in this prayer that we should pray to know the four dimensions, facets, characteristics of the love of God, how it's seen, how it works, how it's expressed. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. And without this, you'll never really fully know God and God's plan for your life. Verse 19. And to know the love of Christ. And remember, we're to pray this every day. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with the fullness of God. I'll never know the fullness of God until I know the four dimensions of his love and how they're expressed. Wow, how they're expressed. I'll never really know God until I begin to work on how to express them in my life. It's called the love walk. Next slide, guys, next slide. Am I helping anybody? Wake up back there, four dimensions of God's love. Next slide, next slide, next slide. Breadth, generosity, next slide. Number two, length, protection, next slide. Number three, depth, correction, next slide. Number four, height, believes. Next slide. The love of God, this love is in every single believer. Every single believer. Next slide. But covet, 1 Corinthians 12, 31. Y'all still with me, family? But covet earnestly the best gifts. Man, I want the best that God has. And we're to covet it. It means go after it. Covet earnestly the best gifts. Now, family, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14 talks about the gifts of the Spirit. Sandwiched between the gifts of the Spirit is the love chapter. What's that mean? The gifts work by love. The more the love of God in you, the more power of God will flow through you. The more that you love God and love people, the more the gifts of the Spirit flow through you. Do you remember at the very beginning of this series, I said Jesus was moved with compassion and healed them. Pastor, I just want more miracles to see in my life. Then you need a greater revelation of God's love for you in your life. Notice 1 Corinthians 12 is the power gifts, supernatural. 1 Corinthians 14, the power gifts, supernatural. But sandwiched in between is a selah, pause, meditate, and know, and walk in the love of God. If I want more of the supernatural in my life, if I want to see God use me more, then I need a greater revelation of God's love for me and humanity. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Next slide, guys. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. Uh, oh, I like this. Uh, but earnestly desire, Amplified. Cultivate the greatest and the best gifts and graces, yeah. The higher gifts, choices, graces, yeah, you just talked about. But yet I show you a more excellent way. One that is far better as highest of them all. What is that? Love. Love. Next slide. Charity. It should be uh, verse 1 of uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. Guys, I thought we had it. Maybe you missed it. But I'll tell you what it says. It says that there's hope, faith, and charity. And the greatest of these is, now notice, faith, hope, and charity. They all work together. So if my, if my love factor, if knowing how much God loves me and loves humanity, if I'm not growing in that, then I'm not growing in faith or hope. They all three work together. So if I want to have hope, but I'm hopeless, maybe because I'm angry. Remember my research development person, Siri? What is the deadliest emotion on the planet? Siri said, anger. What's the cure for anger? The love of God. 
God can't work through me if I'm angry at the church, the preacher, my husband, my wife, my mom, my dad, black people, white people, red people, rich people, Democrats, Republicans. If I'm angry at them, God can't work through me. Boy, I'm too, I'm too, I'm too, I'm too, I'm too. Lord, forgive me. Praise the Lord. So uh, here's the definition. Here's the definition of um, of God's love, okay? First Corinthians 13. I want to slow down and see how I'm doing that. Ooh. Okay, First Corinthians 13. Here's the love of God. God's love suffers long. Here's what it looks like, and it's kind. You know what? If you're just kind today and positive, you'll stand out. Where you work, if you want to be noticed, just be kind and positive. Boy, that right there, you owe me. Kind and positive. Kind and positive. Less kindness than I've ever seen in my lifetime. Kind and positive. Charity, God's love suffers long, is kind. It, charity envieth not. You don't envy when someone else gets a new car, new house, better job, goes on vacation, puts it all over social media. You know, that's the stupidest thing you can do. You think most people are going to rejoice when they see you someplace in the Bahama Islands and they're going to, re- most people, that's going to make them happy. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Verse 5, verse 5. Does not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not its own, is not easily provoked. <laughs> Aren't you glad I'm in this series this weekend? Praise the Lord. I'm glad I'm in it this weekend. Does not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Do you all remember that the love of God believes height? Height, height. Now think of the four dimensions and then put it with the definition of God's love. Doesn't think any evil. It's not easy. You don't get offended at every little thing. Politically correctness. Give me a break. I, I better behave myself because I feel like just, I feel like being ornery today. Praise God. Does not behave yourself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Verse 6, rejoiceth not in sin, but rejoices in the truth. Doesn't rejoice with evil, but rejoices in the truth. This is the definition of agape, God's love. Verse 7, beareth all things, believeth all things. Whoa, are you seeing the dimensions of hopeth all things? The love of God, hopeth all things, beareth all things. Burden bearer, ox, book of Mark, face of the ox. I mean, come on, put this all together, everybody. Whoa, the four dimensions. Go to any length. Beareth all things. Go to any length. To, to, to generous, to protect the, the, the depth, correct. Believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. The love of God. And, and y'all, if you're born again, you got this on the inside. Well, pastor, I don't feel like it. I know. There are a lot of days we don't feel like it. But we don't go by our feelings. What does the word say? And so we say, God, help us today to walk in the love walk, okay? Next, guys, next slide. Okay, uh, we'll just go right on through this for sake of time. And I was going to give it to you in the Amplified, but we're going to go right on. Ephesians, 
one, five, one, as the team comes out, therefore, okay, so I've shared with you uh, the importance of God's love and how God showed his love, sent his son to die for us while we were yet sinners. I share with you how the world doesn't love God. I give you illustrations, but God still loves them. And we have that kind of love. We have the God kind of love. It's supernatural. We've looked at the four dimensions. I gave you the outline of what that is. I gave you the prayer to pray every day, a tool till Jesus comes back on how to grow in that love. I told you today that when you do, you'll see more supernatural in your life, more miracles in your life, greater power in your life. You'll be closer to God. You'll have the fullness of God. And then I gave you the definition of the God kind of love, what it looks like. Hallelujah. So now I'm giving you our challenge, Ephesians 5, verse 1. Therefore, now he's still in Ephesians, right? We were in Ephesians 3, now we're in Ephesians 5. When the Bible was written, there were no chapter and verses. When the Bible was written, there was no chapter and verses, okay? Therefore, be imitators of who? Not the world, not our culture, but of God. Imitate God. What does that mean? Copy him. Whoa. Follow his example. As well, beloved children, imitate their father. Verse 2. What are we to do? And what? I, I can't hear you. That's what we're called to do. We're called to walk out these four dimensions, grow in them every day, develop in them every day, get a greater revelation of them every day. How do you do that? Meditate on 1 Corinthians 13. Walk in love, esteeming, delighting in one another. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a slain offering and sacrifice to God for you so that it became a sweet fragrance. So here's our challenge. We're to take this love that we have. Thank you, Lord, on the inside. I mean, I can remember, and you, you're the same way. I can remember, you know, when Kim and I went away from our hometown and we went away to college and I'd come back and I'd visit my old buddies, my old homies, and they'd say, Blunt, there's something different about you. What happened to you? I mean, you know, you don't act like you used to act. Boy, I wanted to hear that. Come on. You don't do what you used to do. You don't act like you used to act. What happened to you? And that opened the door for me to share with them. What I used to love, I don't really care for anymore. What I used to not like, now I do like. Used to get in fights all the time, love to get in fights. Now I just love to be lovable. And they'd say, what happened to you? The love of God, right? Shed brought in our heart. It transforms us. It changes us. It takes away the malice, the anger, resentment, all of the above, and replaces it with kindness, courtesy, respect, reverence, right? Esteeming one another, not being easily offended with politically correctness. Oh, my goodness. So our takeaways are this. Number one is pray this prayer every day. Please pray this prayer. Please work on it with me. If you miss some days, that's okay. That's all right. Just get back up and, and do it again the next day. But pray this prayer every day till it becomes a healthy habit. Wow. And then number two, what do we do? Meditate on the God kind of love. Meditate on the God kind of love. First Corinthians 13, sandwiched between the power gifts chapters, the supernatural meditate on it, think about it. Just take the one phrase, not easily offended, and work on that for a month. 
Just work on that for a month. Uh, take the one, you don't get jealous if somebody else gets a better car, a better house, better clothes, better vacation, and just work on that not being jealous for a month. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Kindness. Just work on being kind for three months and pray for me. Amen. And then number three, take away, practice it throughout the day. I'm done. Did you get something today on the love of God? How much he loves you. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org slash next steps where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're a part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org slash online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.